Welcome to The Breakfast Show. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8, 88, wherever you are on the Faith FM network. You are joined by myself, Lawson, and my incredible, amazing... Decidedly average host. Handsome, <laughs> pretty... Oh, la, la. We're, 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 ticking all, we're ticking all the androgynous boxes this morning. <laughs> How are you doing, Monica? How was your weekend? Oh, amazing. Yeah, just really great. Really grateful for friends who let me go to their house and clean my car on their driveway and turn their garden into a swamp. So, oh. <laughs> their lawn. Their lawn into a swamp. Yeah. Shout out DJ Shell and Pastor Lyle. You guys don't have drainage? like No, I don't have a garden hose where I live. Oh, so, yeah. yes. It's a bit difficult but, to, to clean but my car. you turned their garden into a swamp? Yeah, well, the water that I was using to clean my car kept running off the driveway and onto their lawn. And by the end of the cleaning session, the lawn was a bit of a swamp. So. Mate, I am a huge fan of the car wash. Like, Same. Oh, the car wash or do it yourself? Car- I love both. Uh, yeah. Cleaning I, cars is like such a satisfying so, I, job. I, I totally agree. Yeah. I think I prefer the car wash just because you got more power. It's fun, yeah. You got more power. No, more I, ha- I have to admit, I tried to wash the inside of my windows because I had been um, transporting some dogs that I was yeah, looking yeah. after and they'd slopped all over the windows. <laughs> and I used Windex and... Um, and uh, and, and what did I use? Oh, I used a baby wipe, Windex and a baby wipe, which works on my bathroom mirror, but mm. it left my inside of the, my windows streaky, like in an oily way. Mm. And so by the time I got home, like I, I was so distracted by the greasiness. And so I, I whipped out some vinegar and a sponge and tried to wipe it off. And this morning discovered that not only did that not work, but my car smells like a packet of chips now. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. <laughs> How was your weekend? <laughs> well, um, as everyone knows, I am a clown, so I went to a circus um, <laughs> on the weekend. I went to a circus yesterday. You didn't run off with Down them? in Sydney, and uh, it, was, it was super fun. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And Monica, you are going to give us a quiz. Yes, this morning we're going to have a quiz. We're going to have five quizzes, actually. We're going to be playing for a really cool prize this week. Uh, this week, uh, at the end of the week, on Friday, uh, at the end of the show, we'll be giving away a grand prize. This is a really beautiful prize. I'm just going to double check. Is it this one or is it that one or is it both? Oh, it's this one. Okay, all right. So the prize is a Journal of the Word Reference Bible. It's an NKJV. It's a beautiful Bible. This really is a lovely, lovely volume. Uh, so it's a journaling one, so it has those nice uh, wide spaces down the side, down the margin for you to journal in. Uh, it is a comfort print. It is uh, vegan leather, so beautiful, soft, suede sort of feel to it. It is a, it's a brown uh, color, uh, so it's a beautiful... Beautiful volume. It lies flat in your hand or on your desk for better uh, journaling. The words of Christ are in red. It has satin ribbon markers. And um, it is really easy to read with 8.5 uh, comfort print. And it is a NKJV. Um, so really gorgeous Bible that you should definitely get yourself into the drawer to win. Mm-hmm. By answering just one of the quiz, we're going to have twenty-five quizzes this week, five a day, mm-hmm. all week long. Just get one right, and you'll get yourself in with a uh, possibility to win. Or you could get all five every day and have twenty-five chances in. That's so right. Really, you can, you can steamroll this thing. You you, you really could. You can absolutely get it done. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. That question again, it was... What do you mean question again? I didn't read any question. <laughs> I haven't even read it once yet. 
<laughs> okay, first one goes like this. Who was the only woman mentioned by name with the apostles in the upper room waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit? Who was the only woman mentioned by name with the apostles in the upper room waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit? Hey, if you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669. And make sure if you want to play for fun and you don't want to play for the prize, you can state it or star it. So you can state and say, hey, I'm just playing for fun because I'm a fun guy. Or you can star (laughs) it. You know, you put a little asterisk or, you know, star emoji and we'll know what that means. Or a mushroom emoji because you're a fun guy. Yeah. Okay. Hey, someone wrote in, Feli wrote in and said, you're funny, Monica. I think maybe that's the first time anyone's ever said that to you. (laughs) (laughs) Funny looking. (laughs) I didn't didn't want to say it. As soon as I read this, I was like, that's the first thing I thought. And I was like, nah, I wouldn't say that to Monica. Good thing that radio doesn't have a visual. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. If we get cameras in here, I'm going to have to start, like, dressing up. Like, like, Dude, we look like homeless people when we're coming into radio. <laughs> like, like especially, well, right now we're we're up in Curry and just you know living our best lives up here. We're a little bit isolated, but when we're in the office and I'm walking around to like it's like six a.m. and mm-hmm. I'm wearing like shorts and like a an old ratty jumper and mm-hmm. some sandals. You look like you fit in with the curry curry culture. Let's just put it that yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> but this is when I was in the office in Newcastle and then yeah. everyone starts coming in at 8am wearing like suit and ties uh-huh. and jackets and stuff. Luckily, I, I, I could cash. get out of there early. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm doing pretty all right today. I'm, oh, wearing, a, great. I'm wearing a boucle coat, very yeah. Chanel inspired. So, yeah, I yeah. Feel, I'm feeling... And I got my new shoes on, so I'm feeling pretty snazzy. Hang mm. on, let me take my shoe off because I can't get my leg up that high. Uh-huh. Check it oh, out. Oh, yeah. wow. They are, they are a khaki green patent leather uh, loafer with a big bow on the front, a twisty bow, and I'm mm. very happy with them, I'm yeah. going to say. I look like a small child wearing like a yellow raincoat. <laughs> Um, you look like a kid who's been like lost at the park. Yeah, <laughs> let go of mummy's hand because he's throwing ice and cream. I, I, so I'm wearing like an oversized yellow jacket, and I'm wearing like oversized baggy jeans, and so I just look like and a, you're wearing an actual child. You're wearing a cap, which constantly distracts me because the word on the front of the cap is backwards and upside down. Yeah, I don't know what this Gen Z fashion it's, is. It's, but it's subversive, me nuts. Monica. It's, <laughs> It's subversive, and what's being subverted is being able to read. Yes. Okay, we're sick of reading, so just don't even try. You're done with that. All right. Hey, uh, give us some, some positive leadership Hey, news. I have some really cool news. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know how like when you have a pet, right, like an animal, and, you, sure. and it loves to be pat. Most animals love to be pat, pet, pat. No, I don't pets. show my pet's attention. Yeah, that's or affection. awful. I'm, I'm You're like, dead inside, I know. I'm just, I'm just kidding, just my, my father actually has this theory that um, – uh, there's something like it, that pets crave the cuddling, the patting, because it sort of releases something like in their chemical makeup or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's like a need. And so it's something that I've heard before is that, well, dogs, for mm. example, get a huge dopamine boost, a higher dopamine bu- boost from spending time with humans who are like it's patting them true. than spending time in a pack with other dogs. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely true. I was actually reading that, that this weekend mm. that they crave the smell of humans more than they crave the smell of dogs as well. Mm. So, and best a, friend. And tell me about it, right? The Lord really did us a solid when he made dogs. But turns out, not only is patting animals like good for the animals, it turns out 
same for plants. Mm. TJ Shell's laughing herself silly. What what, what happens? <laughs> oh. oh, the text message that they I just got sent actually. <laughs> so this is so funny. And you know what's even funny? I was wearing a bucket hat yesterday, so it made this even more true. Wayne writes in Lawson, you're saying you look like Paddington Bear, blue <laughs> jeans, yellow jacket, and hat. <laughs> I actually, I actually, so on Saturday night, it was my brother-in-law's birthday party and I went as, I went as a minion Oh and yeah, it was yeah, because yeah. I was wearing this yellow jacket and I was wearing like blue overalls oh. and I look like, dude, a hundred percent you would look like a minion. Yeah, so I look like a minion, but now I can look like Paddington <laughs> Bear as well, dude, I, dude, these blue overalls that I bought in 2019 <laughs> from the op shop for like $5 and they're like literally like 7XL or something. They've gone so far. I've worn them to like six dress-up parties. Anyways, we're I'm talking about... I'm going to make about... you a marmalade sandwich. So uh, pa- plants like spending so plants, time with people. Not so much spending time, but like you can actually... If you touch a plant, they've now scientists have discovered that the plant actually registers that touch. Oh, so, wow. um, yeah, so just despite the veins in a leaf appearing like a nervous system, uh, they don't actually have a nervous system. Sure. But apparently that it doesn't mean that they can't feel your, feel your touch upon what they call like their many hands. Mm-hmm. So scientists have established using sophisticated microscopy that plants actually register the beginning and the end of every touch by sending slow waves of calcium signals mm-hmm. to their cells. So this was conducted uh, at the Washington State University where scientists used 84 experiments from 12 members of tobacco and thal crest species, which have been specially bred with calcium sensors. Um, so don't freak out. Like, you, Yes, people shouldn't smoke tobacco plants, but as a plant, it's you know perfectly fine. Um, so previous research has shown that when a pest like a caterpillar bites into a plant leaf, it can actually initiate the plant's defensive responses, uh, such as like they release chemicals that makes the leaves less tasty or even toxic to the pest, which is actually just really astounding. Um, and they also revealed that brushing a plant triggers calcium waves that activate different genes. And so what they did was they got a glass rod that was only the width of a human hair and they gently prodded the leaves' individual cells um, under a microscope to see what the response mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they said this, this was, uh, Michael Knobloch. He was the leading, uh, biological science professor and senior author of the study. He said, it is quite surprising how finely sensitive plant cells are, that they can discriminate when something is touching them. They sense the pressure and when it is released, they sense the drop in pressure. Oh, so wow. cool, yeah. It is surprising that plants can do this in a very different way than animals without nerve cells and at a really fine level. It's just so cool. I, mm. ne- I never would have thought that. It took just 30 seconds for the waves to reach out and begin signaling a plant, apparently, um, pretty fast for tree time. <laughs> mm. And uh, the scientists believe that the waves are likely due to the change in pressure inside a cell. Mm-hmm. So unlike animal cells, uh, they have um, permeable, which have permeable membranes. Plant cells also have a strong cellular walls that cannot be easily breached. Um, so a light touch will actually temporarily increase pressure in a plant cell. And mm. uh, scientists like Peter Woolburn, the famous German tree herder, uh, was prepared to make some pretty jaw-dropping claims about this, <laughs> about the awareness of plants. I wouldn't go so that far. Mm. But the current study was able to differentiate the, the, between the calcium waves uh, between touching and letting go, but exactly how the plant's genes respond to those signals uh, remains to be seen. So obviously like some of them respond when they're being uh, attacked by an insect, but as to whether or not patching them has a positive reaction remains to be seen. But I, um, I'm not so sure it'll be that all that good. Because you think about it, the 
feel like the best plant life is like out in the jungle where humans have never gone. So yeah, <laughs> so, so I don't know. Maybe they don't like being touched at all. Maybe that's why mine keep dying. Anyway, <laughs> interesting news coming out of the the uh, the plant kingdom. Praise the Lord for that. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we need another quiz. How many baskets were still filled with food after Jesus fed the 5,000? Oh. How many baskets were wow. still filled with food after Jesus fed the 5,000? Could you do with a basket of food right about now, Lawson? I could absolutely Smash do a basket of food. Basket of food. Would you smash a basket of leftover food or a proper food food? Um, honestly, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm actually, I'm kind of in like a pizza out of the fridge kind of mood. Okay. So I uh, left over for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Dude, pizza out of the fridge is like the second best way to eat pizza. <laughs> like the first best way is like when it's when you buy it. Fresh, yeah. Fresh. I, do you know what? In my opinion, there's no bad way to eat pizza. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all good. Like you can't go wrong. I mean, unless you're getting meat in that case, terribly yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, really meat. Meat, well, in my case, like if it's got meat or cheese or any <laughs> animal product, then... Really wrong. <laughs> it's really bad and it'll cause me, if I if I eat it, I will then be confined to the toilet for <laughs> as, as a period of time. And moving right along, I had a question again. How many <laughs> baskets were filled with food after Jesus fed the 5,000? 0491 Nine. You are listening to the breakfast show here on Faith FM, and okay, so I got I got I got I got this story from Poland, and I think that this story is kind of silly, but I want to wait. Talk can about I just it. say, you see how we have eight and a half minutes left? Sure. Try and get this done with four minutes because I really want to hear your second story. Like, yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. every day you promise us a second story and then you're just tempting us because you never get there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you're a tantalizer. It's, it's always like, I think it's a game that we can play here on Faith of Heaven. It's like, will Lawson get, get through? You know? uh, but, okay, go. But hey, I, I can't believe you just took time away from me by interrupting. <laughs> no, nah, just kidding. I'm just kidding. What a go. So uh, this story comes from Poland and it comes from the town of Hell. So the Hell Peninsula <laughs> in Poland. So it's spelled H-E-L. Sorry. H-E-L. Hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hell Peninsula is actually a really beautiful area of Poland, really secluded, lots of nature. Okay. Uh, it's right there on the Baltic coast. It's like unspoiled land at the north of Poland. It's like an epic spot. It's a really great spot. I've never been to Poland before, uh, but if I was going to go to Poland, then this would be one of the areas that would be on my bucket list to go to. Now, in hell, it's just so (laughs) funny to say, in hell, there is like a main bus route that goes to hell. And the number of the bus route, could you guess what it is? Please don't say 666. It is 666. (laughs) So the bus route that goes to hell in Poland is 666. And because of this, now it's hell spelled H-E-L. Right. Because of this, there's been an uproar amongst Christians to change the bus route because the number was satanic, offensive, and stupid. Now, the thing is, is that in Polish, the word for hell is the word, and I might pronounce this wrong, but it's the word pyklo, which is... Sounds very different to the word hell. So, and and also the hell that we're talking about here, the hell peninsula is spelt H-E-L. Right. It's not spelled H-E-L-L, like as in, in the yeah, e- yeah. English spelling. Yeah. It just sounds the same. But yeah. But what's what's the word piklo? Yeah, piklo, piklo. That's like the actual Polish word for like the, 
hell, you know, the, the, Oh, oh okay. So it's hell. Yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. in, in German, the word hell just means light. Like yeah. right now it's hell in this room because it's light in this room. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because yeah, hell, yeah. hell is only meaning in English, hell right. in English, yeah. right? But there's this, and so Christians, have some for some reason uh, this story really highlights for me i'm like this is christians being silly it's very and they're like no this is and again offensive and stupid i'm like who is being stupid here these people don't even speak english well they they might speak english but this name is not in english this town is not an english town and the bus route number okay this there is something that i really need people to understand about 666 666 is not the satanic number it is not. It is not. It has never been. And it has, if you read the whole Bible, 666 has only one mention in the entire Bible that refers to anything evil. And it comes from Revelation 13, and it's the number of the beast. Okay. Now, the beast is representative, you know, repre- a representative of Satan. And so there's some evil connotations there. But the number 666 isn't like the devil's number that shows up in everywhere in the Bible where the devil is. And he spoke 666 words. Like it's, it doesn't work like that. No, 666 is only in one place in the Bible and it only has to do with the mark of the beast. And so for Christians to like kick up a stink and complain like, oh, this is, you know, this is offensive and stupid that they would call the bus route to hell, which is a city in Poland where they don't speak English is, you know, they're mocking Christians because they're, they're, it's number 666. I'm like, that is absolutely ridiculous. But under pressure, so PKS um, Jadinia no. changed the number. Oh. And, and I'm like, why? Like, I would have held out. Honestly, I would have held out and I would have just said, no, that's the most that ridiculous sort of thing ever. starts to come under superstition rather than common sense, doesn't Ex- it? Absolutely. I don't, hey, guys, let us know what you think. 0491 I, I think this is just super ridiculous. And I'm like, this is such a... This is like when a hotel like skips floor number 13 to like yeah. deal with this. It's like it, you're basically giving power to a number, which is just nonsense. Exactly. Yeah. And even like when it comes to numerology, because it's like times in the Bible where there is number 666 and it'll be like, there's there's one specific instance where there were 666 gold pieces in the temple, like when Solomon was ruling. is like, it kind of gives an account when he starts ruling of like the resources that Israel had. And I remember sitting there one time in a group Bible study and it was 666 and the number in that context is absolutely innocuous. In fact, like Israel is at that time on a really good track. Solomon's on like a really good track. They're really following God. And then there's like 666 gold pieces in the temple and like someone spoke up at the Bible study and was like, oh, like 666. And they got all into like numerology and they're like, oh, this is actually alluding to, you know, um, Solomon's future downfall that would come as a result of his riches and pride and everything. I'm like, it's not that deep, bro. Mm. It's not. It's just, it's just a number. Like, yeah. It's just a number. And, and again, like the whole 666 thing, it's the number of the beast. It actually helps us calculate the name of the beast. Again, it's, it's a number pointing us towards the beast. But, you know, and those numbers have symbols. But at the same time, they are they're just numbers. They're just That's numbers. Right. Something that Christians have also been, um, you know, a little bit kicking up a stink about, but I'm, I'm more interested in, and I kind of see for more reason why. So, uh, the LA Dodgers, they're a baseball team. Hey, look at that. I got to the second story. <laughs> only, on, clap the, on the back, Paddington. Uh, <laughs> only with a couple minutes ago. So the LA Dodgers are a baseball team, uh, residing in Los Angeles. They're a pretty famous baseball team. You know, they're in LA. They're, you know, big, 
big organization now, obviously, coming into June, they had huge Pride Month celebrations and Mm. parades and festivals and whatnot. And at their Pride Month, they had a group that were called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Uh, Now, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence are a group of trans activists, so they're like trans, you know, people um, and trans activists who essentially, this is, they describe themselves as using irreverent wit to expose the forces of bigotry, complacency, and guilt that chain the human spirit. So that's their deal. And during Pride Month, they dressed up as nuns to mock the church, the Catholic church, Mm -hmm. and just to, to mock Christianity in general. Now, personally, like I, not being, as I'm not a Catholic, I don't believe necessarily in the practice of nuns or, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not like that's not a part of my particular Christianity or faith tradition, but simultaneously, like for Catholics, it's something that represents you know their church and you know their um, work that, that that they do for God and and all of those things. Um, and the fact that it was being you know kind of made fun of by this group, they then like the the Catholic vote and U Turn, which is some large Catholic organizations, ran a one million dollar advert to boycott the LA Dodgers. Oh, wow. The Catholics worldwide and Catholics within the state of California and America across um, this, the nation of the United States should boycott the LA Dodgers and not go to any of their games and whatnot. And then this is a really interesting situation because then there are people who are working in the Catholic Church as nuns that are like, no, we actually support the Sisters of uh, Indulgence because I think they're they're giving a voice to LGBT Catholics and then... And then there's other Catholics who are like, no, we really hate this. And then there's players on the LA Dodgers who are like, this is, I think this is making fun of my Christian faith and I completely denounce this. And so you've got this situation in which, yeah, the, the, the mocking of the Catholic Church has led to all this divided opinion as to what actually is being achieved. Um, and, and then obviously there are many Catholics who then don't agree with the concept of Pride Month itself. And, and they're like, oh, that's why we should, you know, kind of, not support the LA Dodgers anyway. And, and, and it's a really, it's a really interesting situation because you see a church that is so divided on this issue that I think scripture makes quite clear, but then also they're divided on an issue of, Oh, well, what happens when people make fun of our tradition? Mm. And it's like, Oh, but uh, should we even care about tradition? And if people mock us, does it even matter? It's, it's a, it's a really interesting situation. You're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith FM. Positively different. You are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. And Monica, you are going to give us another quiz. When Saul conquered the Amalekites, who did he imprison instead of killing according to God's orders? He was supposed to kill someone and he didn't. Who was it? When Saul conquered the Amalekites, who did he imprison instead of killing according to God's orders? 0491-064-669. Fantastic stuff. Again, that number, 0491-064-669. And now we've come to the time of the day in which we have an interview. And on the phone with us, we've got Michael Worker, the General Secretary of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Michael, are you there with us? Yeah, good morning, Lawson. How are you today? Oh, I am fantastic. I've had a great weekend and you know, I'm blessed to be here in the studio early and obviously being able to, to get you on to talk about issues of religious liberty here in Australia. Yeah, it's uh, certainly an interesting time, isn't it? 
Absolutely. Now, we in the last couple of weeks had Vanessa Chang from My Christian Schools talking all about, yeah, uh, you know, movements in the government to remove the ability for schools to be able to hire teachers according to faith and whatnot, which is probably something we're, we're going to talk about about today and you know throughout the last couple of years been talking about religious discrimination legislation and these kinds of things and so we're really blessed to be able to check in with you this morning and to see so you know in terms of the issues of religious liberty in australia what Mm. direction are we moving you know it's really interesting lawson one of the challenges is how does do we as a nation, how do our individual states and territories balance the basic fundamental human right to freedom of religion with the basic fundamental human right to the freedom of human sexuality? Mm. And the purpose of anti-discrimination laws is to find that appropriate intersection and balance where we can all coexist and live together um, harmoniously in society um, without one having, I guess, more preference, more priority than the other. Sure. So if this is our intention and our goal, then are we actually seeing that taking place? Are we, are we seeing those targets being met and those goals being kicked in that area of striking that balance? Or are we in a space in which that isn't you know, happening? I guess it depends which lens that you're looking at it from. Certainly as a person of faith, Myself, I feel that the um, pendulum is swinging in the direction where the human right of human sexuality is dominating um, the freedoms and and the the right to freedom of religion is really being suppressed as a result. Mm. Absolutely. Now, we are seeing this happen in a number of spaces and particularly as we were talking to Vanessa Chang in the area of schools and being a, you know, schools being enabled to have the right to hire teachers according to their faith, which is, again, we sit here from a Christian perspective and it's like, isn't, isn't this just a matter of common sense? Like if it's a, if it's a Baptist school or a Catholic school or a Seventh-day Adventist school and they want to teach according to a, you know, a Seventh-day Adventist culture and atmosphere, wouldn't they have that right to hire teachers who are Seventh-day Adventists? But it seems as though those rights are being foregone for, you know, uh, for something else, for an ideology of, oh, hey, we need to, you know, ultimately uh, supersede these values that these schools want to portray in, you know, in lieu of values that, you know, other groups and organizations want to portray. Yeah, and look, at the moment, you know, there are some modest exemptions um, in the Sex Discrimination Act that, that do give us some some freedom to recruit and, and retain in employment those who uphold our values and beliefs. But, um, you know, certainly that's been overridden in Victoria by the Equal Opportunity Act. Um, it's being overridden um, in, in the ACT and to, you know, there are other states and territories that are looking to do uh, similar things. Certainly WA and Queensland are looking uh, to follow the example that Victoria set. So, you know, the, the, the real challenge is we, we have no federal um, legislation around the freedom for pre- protection of religion, and, and that's what's really making it easy for the, the um, states and territories to go off in all different directions. Mm, absolutely. Now, 
one area in which this is happening, and and this is kind of an issue that is a a little bit you know adjacent to to what we're seeing in schools, is this story of the hospital in Canberra that was claimed by the government. Um, do you do you want to give us a little bit of outline of, of what has happened there and 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 what has taken place and what the outcomes have been of that? Yeah, look, and and uh, again, it all depends who you're listening to and what you're reading. But ostensibly, you know, the the Catholic Church has taken a very strong stand of pro life, um, both with beginning of life and end of life matters, which. Mm. You can't help but think that 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 is a um, significant reason why the ACC government have, have stepped in and and um, yeah, compulsorily acquired the hospital. I mean, it, it comes into effect very very soon, and and of course, there's a whole lot of other reasons and and rationales that are given. But um, you know, this is concerning not only people of faith, um, people who have upheld our um, democratic system, our, our view of the appropriate separation of church and state have got significant alarm bells going off in their head mm. over, um, yeah, the role of the role of church in society, the, the ability to have values that are, uh, you know, might be different, may, may not be common to everyone, but. Um, yeah, I, I think it's something that we should be concerned about. What it means for a liberal democracy in twenty twenty three. Absolutely, and it's it's like for for myself, you know, I'm like, can governments just steal hospitals? <laughs> like, is is that just a thing that can take place? But but reading the story and seeing that you know Calvary Hospital in in Canberra is you know, one of the leading hospitals in Australia for oncology and cancer prevention. You know, it's an incredibly high-level institution, yet because of its stance on this one issue, the ACT government has just said, oh, you no longer have the right to um, <laughs> to care for the, the needs of these people. We are going to block you from being able to do this and um, yeah. acquire all your facilities and just, just take it away from you. And and they they will they will buy it you know they'll they'll pay the government a um, they'll pay the Calvary Hospital owners a, um, a market rate for it and and that'll all be caught up in a whole lot of discussion but yes the the, the freedom to hold a a differing point of view from the state sanctioned morality that's really what is coming into question and you know my my fear and we've we've seen it with a number of prominent christians in public life mm. is that w- what is the consequence do do we as people of faith um go well if it can happen to them boy i'm going to be really careful about sharing my own faith about living out my own faith about um letting other people know that I, that i'm actually a christian and i hold a certain values because if, if they can take down the calvary hospital well, then they they can certainly make life difficult for me and and that's a real concern that Mm. that freedom of expression that freedom of speech that freedom to live out um your your values and beliefs is is really being challenged Mm. now we're seeing these challenges obviously but i think my follow-up question is that legislatively which direction then are we going from this point are we going more down the path in which 
you know, expressing these views will lead you to be subject to this kind of punishment or are there protections being created? Well, it's interesting, you know, the, the federal government uh, under Mr Albanese has promised to bring in a religious discrimination bill in his first term of government. Mm. Now, of course, you know, he's not the first politician to promise a religious discrimination <laughs> bill. And, um, you know, we, <laughs> um, we, we, we sort of go, well, will you really? Um, do you do you have the political will? And and, and my hunch is um, that that even if something is pushed through, it, it's it's going to be so weak and so uh, wishy washy that it doesn't really afford us any, mm. as people of faith, any any real protection. Mm. You, you know, the Australian Law Reform Commission report in January was was a real shot across the bow, and. Um, you know, it's interesting because the federal government seems to be trying to distance itself from that report. Mm. And um, the, the, the Law Reform Commission, who was meant to report in April, they said, well, look, we're not going to... We're overwhelmed by the reaction to our statements. We got so many submissions that we're actually going to need till December to produce a report. Wow. Which, which is really, politically speaking, um, creates a lot of challenges. But, you know... Um, let, let me read you a, a very simple quote mm-hmm. um, from the report that the Law Reform Commission released in January. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a short quote, but it says, as the paper states in its examples, a religious inter- institution that required specifically specific dietary restrictions whilst also holding a traditional view of sexuality as a core part of their faith could require their staff to uphold the dietary requirements but could not require their staff to op- uphold or live by their teachings on sexuality. Mm. So, so the government will, will allow a, a religious organisation to say you can eat this but you can't eat that, but mm. you can sleep with whoever you like and, and you're protected. Mm. Okay, so... So then, where, where does where does this leave leave us ultimately? Then, as people, I think then we, uh, you know, when hearing this, when when trying to understand this, it's like, do we have any place? Do we have any voice in this area, or are we are we just kind of condemned to to go with the flow and and just pray and hope and see what happens in this in this space? I, I think. It's an interesting question you ask, Lawson. I think the the irony of it is is that faith based education providers are growing at the same time mm-hmm. that the lawmakers are trying to legislate our uniqueness out of how we operate. Mm-hmm. So there's a disconnect between um, the the thought leaders, if you want to call it that, um, those who are making the laws, those who are trying to set the agenda, mm-hmm. and what mums and dads living in the suburbs uh, wow. are really thinking about this. And and so we've got this increasing disconnect in society and, um, you, know, you know, how is it going to play out? Will, will there be more restrictions? Will there be some snapback at some point where society says enough is enough? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be interested to see how it all plays out, but I, but I think it's the, the values of those who are trying to set the direction are not in line with 
your average Australian. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we were really blessed to to have Vanessa Chang on the show to, you know, through My Christian Schools, which is a, yeah, a website you can head to. It's where we can have a voice to be able to inform a little bit and speak into those, uh, yeah, the steps that policymakers are, are, you know, trying to, trying to make or create. Um, yeah, so that we can have a voice in that area and that people can realize, oh, this is the value of Christian schools and this is the value of Christian education and of Christian ethos in regards to, to raising children. Michael, thank you so much for joining us this morning and talking about all things, yeah, religious liberty and, and the direction that we're heading here in Australia. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.